Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Oshako, Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. This week we are back in 2 Samuel, back in chapter 2, and covering verses 8 through 12 as we continue to study the life of David. And as thought for today, we've got choices. Now, in this passage, Abner brought Ishbosheth, the last remaining son that Saul had living. The other three died with Saul on Mount Gilboa. He brought Ishbosheth to Mahanaim and made him king of Israel. David ruled in Hebron for seven and a half years after Judah made him king. Mahanaim ruled as king for two years. So that meant during David's reign, there were about five years that Israel had no king. Why didn't they make Ishbosheth king before that? Why didn't they go to David to make him king? Don't know. But we know that Abner, who was the chief military officer at that time, he was the captain of the guard, he was Saul's right hand man in battle is the one who brought this to pass. He's the one that went and got Ishbosheth, brought him to Mahanaim to make him king. Didn't say that the elders did it. Didn't say that the people rose up and said, we need a king. Uh, let us crown Ishbosheth. None of that. This is Abner's doing. Why did he take him to Mahanaim? Well, Mahanaim was a city that the Lord set aside for the Levites. So that made it kind of like neutral ground. Many of the cities that were set aside for the Levites were also cities of refuge. The Bible doesn't say the Mahanaim specifically was, but it was listed when it was given as a city to the Levites. It was listed in conjunction with Ramoth Gilead, which was specifically a city of refuge so take that for what it's worth anyway they chose or I should say Abner set up Ishbosheth as the king of Israel know that you have choices they allow Abner this man of power to make this decision on their behalf and they just went along with it. Now they may have done it because Ishbosheth was uh, the next in line in secession as being the only living male descendant of Saul who was the king. And very well could have been their thinking. It could have been, hey, you know, Abner has been right there beside Saul all this time and you know we trust him. And we need leadership, so that's why we're going to do it. We don't know. All we know is that they allowed Abner to do this, not paying attention to the fact that Abner had a vested stake in who would be king. If they went to serve David, they being Israel, and they anointed David as king, because it's not like they didn't know that David was ruling in Judah, and it wasn't like they didn't know the promises and the prophecies that had been made regarding David ruling Israel 
if those things happen though, Abner will not be over the armies again because David will be king. David has his own army. David has his own me and puts Abner in a precarious position, especially seeing as one of the encounters that we know that David and Abner had, one of the first times we heard of Abner, David was calling him on the carpet. This was after David and Abishai went into Saul's camp while he was asleep, took his spear, which is what Saul used primarily in battle. He loved using his spear, was throwing spears at David's head, threw spears at Jonathan. I mean, the spear is how he got down. They took his spear. They took what he used in battle. And they took his water jug, took what you needed in a wilderness environment to live. You gotta have water. You have to have hydration. He took those things away. And then when everyone got up, called out Abner. Abner, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping on the job? I got your man's water jug and I got his weapon. What are you doing? May God deal with you so harshly for not doing your job. So Abner knew he really didn't have much pull if David was king. But as long as someone in Saul's household was ruling, he could still kind of run things behind the scene. He could prop up a puppet and pull all the strings. And though he wasn't sitting in the throne as a king, he could have a very influential say in the dealings and in the direction of the nation of Israel. You have to be careful who you allow to make decisions for you. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get input from people. I'm not saying that you should not seek wise counsel because you should, but you also must be mindful of who they are and what, if any, stake they may have in giving you this information and you making whatever decision that you make caused me to think while I'm studying for this about Steve Stinger who was the county executive for St. Louis County. Steve Stinger did some great things, one of which was the revitalization of Northwest Plaza. I go there regularly and shop. I love what was done there. I love the things that have been brought to the table. Really enjoy spending my time and my money there. That Menards Fire uh, Ruler. Love it. When Here Today was there, I mean, I could just spend a good hour, hour and a half between those three stores getting the things that I needed for my household. But he did a shake. When the bid went forth, one company submitted a bid, or I should say only one company's bid was received. After that, everything was shut down. That company was a friend of Steve Stinker. When that happened, I was like, ah, I like what he did as far as I like what the results are, but I don't like how he got to the results. So in November, when it came time to vote, I did not vote for him. The majority of the people did, we live in a democracy, and they took Steve Stinger as the county executive. Well, the things I didn't like, the government didn't like either, and he, unbeknownst to him, was under a 
year-long investigations into bribes for political favors. When he got caught wind of this, he stepped down. He was an attorney, and he surrendered his law license, did a number of different things, and I think he asked the Navy to take him back as a SEAL currently. So I don't know whether or not that happened. All I know is he's not doing those things anymore. Saying all that to say, we have choices. I chose not to have Steve Stinger, but though I didn't have the final say in it because I live in a democracy, I made my voice known. Likewise, even if what you're saying won't necessarily bring about the final decision, you have a say in things. And you should study what's going on. Study the word of God. So that you can hear from him clearly. Seek him for the directions that you need. And use that to make the decision. 1 John 4 and 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I don't care what position the person holds. Could be your pastor. Could be your bishop. Could be your parent. Could be your best friend. Try the spirit. Test the spirit. And make sure that whatever guidance they're giving is from God. And that that's the way to go. They may have never led you wrong in the past. But again, you don't know. And maybe they were leading you wrong. You just didn't know. Try the spirit by the spirit. You always have a choice. So again, make sure that you're seeking God before you choose the circumstances because what looks right, what all seems to fall into perfect place and just seems like, oh yeah, that it, this has to be it because you see this happen and this happened and this happened. That doesn't mean that it's God. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 25 says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Just because it looks right doesn't mean it's God. Just because it looks wrong doesn't mean it's not God. You have to try the Spirit, by the Spirit, find out what God is saying, seek Him for the wisest choice, and follow that. Because we have choices. We always have choices. And it's in your best interest to choose God's way. Selah, pause, and think about this. Until next time, God bless and keep it together.